Now it's time for the news with What's Happening, Man. You get up and howl about America and democracy. Well, a very, very heavy, uh, heavy divertation. It's hard to talk when you're teabagging. Fucking Bill O'Reilly sucks. Tonight's forecast, dark. Continued dark tonight, turning to partly light in the morning. I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourselves. Hey, what's happening, man? We were going to talk about the German wings. Uh, <laughs> we were going to talk about the German wings flight, but then we thought that was just way too depressing. So we're going to talk about something else instead. James has a bunch of stuff prepared for us about the new Indiana anti-gay laws. But first, um, let's hear from Pat Robertson. Pizzas. I think you know you you might as well keep your mouth shut. I'm not sure I would serve pizzas for a gay wedding. Well, most gays, if they're having a wedding, don't want pizzas. They want cake. It's the cake makers that are having the problem. But um, let me tell you. Pause. All right. So, like, I think this is the most with it together Pat Robertson has been in years. If we were to stop him speaking right there. He's right. (laughs) We don't want pizza at weddings. Okay, continue. Well, maybe if it was a rednecky enough wedding. Uh, I don't think so, man. I mean, maybe, but not very. It well. doesn't matter. All right, keep going. What custom you've got. It doesn't matter what holy thing that you worship on the door. The gays are going to get it. They're going to make you conform to them. You're going to say you like anal sex. You like oral sex. Guys, the gays are going to make you like anal sex. <laughs> I, Wait, get, I don't even know what to receiving. do with that. What, what do we say? Uh, either right. way, I imagine. Jeffrey, I mean, tops, bottoms, it doesn't matter. You're going to like it, damn it. I imagine it's pretty different. <sighs> okay, continue. Okay. You like bestiality. You like anything you can think of that to whatever it is. And sooner or later, you're going to have to conform your religious beliefs to the group of some aberrant thing. It, 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 it won't stop at homosexuality. We've got what's called polyamory. Well, what about that? Well, what about polygamy? Okay, pause, pause. Okay, so Mr. Pat Robertson is equating homosexuality with bestiality again. Uh, and then he wants to tell us that because the homosexuals are making us crave anal sex, that we also crave to have sex with animals. And you notice he threw the polygamy thing in there, too. What did he call it? Polyamorous. Polyamorism. Yes, that's That's a big yeah. word for Mr. Robertson. Yeah, that's actually incredible. Yeah, the other thing, too, it's what's wrong with bestiality and polyamorism? You know what I mean? There's a guy who called into Loveline years ago. And he was talking about having a sexual relationship with his dog. The dog was named Brutus. And he had trained the dog to mount him and insert his penis into the man's rectum. And the dog seemed to do it voluntarily. They were like, Of course he would. He's a dog. Yeah. Well, no crap. And then the thing about like the polyamorous thing, it's a bunch of consenting adults. I I don't know. This doesn't seem like it's going to upset me that much anyway. That's what I was saying about the difference between giving and receiving. As long as the animal is actively giving i mean 
that's as close as you can come to consent from an animal, I guess. But, you know, if you're giving it to an animal, who the fuck knows whether they want that or not? Um, yes. And uh, contrary to what the modern popular belief is, the donkey show actually goes back millennia. Just throwing <laughs> it out there. Yeah, I used to work in a place where they would talk about the livestock being stump broke, where you would train cows and so forth, to when you would stand on a stump to back up toward you to receive. Wow. True story. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> if you didn't have a tree stump, continue then, on, Mister Robinson. Then you would have, um, you would call it bucket broke because you'd have to train it to back up to the bucket. <laughs> All right, back to the back to Pat Robinson. Oh yeah. Well, you've got multiple wives. How can we say that one is constitutional and the other is not? And then, as you say, uh, what's so terrible about uh, having sex with animals? Well, that's going to come next. That's terrible, sir. That's always going to be. It's going to be the next step. Oh, he he forgot the, the another one they like to throw in there. What about sex with children? It's like, uh, oh my god, it's illegal. Okay, continue. That was it. Oh. So, I don't, I mean, is he still relevant? Is he what? Is Pat Robertson, the 700 Club thing, are they still oh, relevant? Oh, yeah, he has large listenership so, still, I do believe. Uh, okay, so that means people are buying what he's selling. Oh, yeah. What is his medium on which he operates like is he just on youtube or is he what is a 700 club or well whatever? yeah like, what, he what, has what the are, show the what, 700 yeah club. but like what sway does he have like does he is he preaching to millions of people every day um, he's on tv he's on actual tv not on my tv <laughs> <laughs> i you know what i actually think the 700 club used to be on like the disney channel or abc family oh, in the morning no. it still oh, might no. be <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, that's hard to believe, but that's the way it, it was, and it might still be. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, all of this is precipitated by Mr. Pat Robertson's tirade, I guess, uh, by the law that was put forth in Indiana that was repudiated nationally, internationally, uh, even to the threat of uh, Apple... Angie's List, refusing to do business, the NCAA tournament uh, even put forth some of their opinions about it. And the conservative governor of Indiana himself. Uh, and the conservative governor of Indiana who sound, and sounded some, like a blubbering idiot. And some big religious conference that was going to be held in Indiana, even they pulled out. Oh, even they pulled out. Yeah. Wow, I hadn't heard that. But anyway, this is the... Uh, what Pat Robertson started off talking about was this memories pizza business, which oh, had been uh, the first or one of the first, I guess, because I'm not buying anything he's saying, but was one of the first to come out against supporting or catering gay marriage ceremonies. Uh, and of and of course, the uh, I guess the bone of contention is that this law, this religious freedom law, which is actually at a national level, but in a much more basic term, uh, it was not phrased in such a way where the rights of homosexuals or even of the other religions could uh, back out of it, I guess. Yeah, because the federal law was a completely different beast. Uh, it came about in 1993 because there was supposed to be a Native American who got fired from his job for taking peyote. And the federal law only applies to government workers, as I understand it. So if you're a civil servant and you have religious rights that might otherwise infringe on some other doctrine of your employment, 
then you can't be fired over that. So if you come to work and you have peyote in your system, but you're an American Indian, then it's supposed to protect you, provided you work for the federal government. It actually, hey, sound like hey, Jimmers, what if you come to work gay? <laughs> hey, Buchanan, uh, didn't somebody start a GoFundMe? A GoFundMe? That's what this Memories Pizza thing was. It's yeah, $840,000. Uh, is that how much it is now? Eight. Yeah, well, how much? they stopped. They stopped donations at, at eight hundred and forty thousand dollars. Ah, jeez. For one day. For of one woman who said she would not want to bring pizza to a gay wedding. <laughs> I don't want to bring pizza to gay weddings either. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were paid to, though, sir? You would bring those pizzas. Mm-hmm. Or if <laughs> I were paid not to. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, I. I mean, that's the principle of this. I, I'm just loving this, like, uh, polyamorous uh, thing where, like, every, you know, like he, he almost thinks that at any point in time, any person who is a heterosexual will just start randomly shoving things up their ass. Like, you know, oh. I have the staple of Marshmallow Man in, in this room. And, uh, hey, hey, they're Jimmers. I was around a gay man today. Oh. I think I want to shove this Marshmallow Man up your ass oh my hey i always think about this all the time because i have little kids and so we go to the playground or something or you go to the little play area at the mall and there are little kids everywhere and you have to think every single one of their parents fucked yeah probably. so you mean like people's parents had well no, well actually it's like one in three yeah. are being raised by by uh, someone who's not their father so not always yeah that's true but um, no, it's kind of like heterosexual sex isn't obtrusive, but gay sex is because he doesn't like it. So they're like, like heterosexual no, I think doesn't he likes exist it. because he doesn't care. I, uh, I like think he, he's secretly acclimated to it. It's like a kind of like Jeffrey or something. Jeffrey, are you putting forth that pa- Pat Robertson is a closet homosexual? Uh, it seems like he puts a lot of thought into it, like uh, more perhaps, than some gay men. Perhaps. More than some gay men. Um, in fact, <laughs> that's true. All right, what what other news stories you got ready for us? There, I prepared. Jeffrey? Speaking of, I prepared a little something in, in in honor of Pat Robertson. Yes, I hope it has something to do with shoving things in rectums. I like anal sex. I won't stop at homosexuality. We've got what's called polyamory. Well, what about that? Well, what about polygamy, where you've got multiple wives. Satanic rituals, it seems like a fun exercise. What's so terrible about uh, having sex with animals? Like bestiality. I've got an uncontrollable urge to watch pornography. Pat Robertson, you got him. Like that, that was some gotcha journalism there, sir. Amazing. You got a scoop. Some secret secret stuff I dug up wow. on Pat Robertson. All right. The next story. Um, it's okay to drink poison, but I'm not going to. Appearing before a Nebraska Oil and Gas Conservation Committee hearing, a local farmer received nothing but silence from the pro-fracking members of, of the board after he invited them to drink glasses of water that had been tainted by fracking. Have a listen. My name is James Osborne. I'm from Ainsworth, Nebraska. I actually have some, a little bit of experience in the oil and gas field. I've helped build pipelines, uh, 
all over the country. Um, and I'm on the wire about this thing. Uh, my brothers, I have a family that works in the fracking field. Um, both of his boys work in the fracking field. Um, Nebraska is unique because we have a water source. Um, our economy, everything about Nebraska runs on water, period. Um, we can survive, we might have to walk around a little bit, but we can survive with this. And that's what we have. Is this just beautiful, clean, pristine drinking water. And I know you guys would each one drink this. He appears to be pouring out crystal clear tap water. So what I brought and my question is, would you drink this? Now he's pouring out nasty brown fracking sludge water. So would you drink it? Yes or no? Sir, we can either comment or... Oh, you can't, you can't answer any questions? No, sir. So, my answer would be no. I would not drink it. I don't want this in the water that will travel entirely across this state in three days. If we happen to spill something on top of the ground here or anywhere else, the water on the top of the ground travels at about six miles an hour. It doesn't rest, it doesn't stop, it travels 144 miles a day. 144 miles a day, the big break, three days it's clear across the state of Nebraska. And this water from here travels east, we know that. And there is no doubt that there will be contamination. There will be spill, there will be. But the problem is, if you don't know what's in this, and I say this is a trade secret because I mixed this this morning and it has my trade secret chemicals in it, you would want to know what you were drinking before you drank it, I'm sure. And nobody here, once this happens, it's not going to get cleaned up unless you have the formula, and the only ones that would have the formula would be the ones that actually contaminated it. So that's my three minutes, you guys. Thank you. The power of one. Remember, everybody yeah, this reminds me tremendously a lot of the professor who um, had spoken for the tobacco industry in the 80s, talking about how there wasn't a single case of smoking that had proven to be carcinogenic. And then the same professor um, now speaks for um, global uh, uh, energy lobbyists to talk about how uh, global warming is a hoax, too. Oh, geez. Kind of like one of those things. It's like, we didn't find a single case. Um, I think we might need to change the we name of look, the segment. We didn't to find the, any either. Uh, news of the delusional. <laughs> All right. So th this guy wanted to uh, tell everybody that this water was clean, yet refused to drink it. Am I understanding this correctly? Um, well, when they, when he, when he told, when he presented them with the clean drinking water and then he presented them with the dirty drinking water, they were like, uh, we can't comment. We can't, we can't comment. We can't say anything. That's not even the, the, the best one. Uh, we have another, we have another one to play here. Have a listen. You can drink a whole quart of it and it won't hurt you. It's, uh, it, you want to drink some? We have some here. I'd be happy to actually, but you, not, not really, but. Not really. I know it wouldn't hurt I mean, me. If, if if you say so, I have some glasses. No, no, I'm you. not stupid. Ah, okay. So you you you. No, but I know so it's dangerous. I know. Right? I know people try to commit suicide no, with no, it and no, fail let's, fairly let's regularly. Tell the truth. It's, it's not dangerous, dangerous to humans. No, it's no. not. So are you ready to drink one glass of no, glass? No, I'm not an idiot. Interview me about golden rice. That's did, what I'm talking did, about. Did. Okay, then it's except, finished. Except then except. the interview is finished. That's a that's a good way to solve things. Yeah. 
here complete these lobbyists got to so, do they got to get them some bear grills action up in there because he would be going to work on all that herbicide all that fracking water and then he would take his pants off and pee into a bottle and drink that too you guys never saw bear grills and then he would and then really? and then he'd build them shelf a shelter and then he'd go stay in a hotel he, yeah while, when the cameras were turned off <laughs> All right, so as far as the uh, fracking goes, um, this seems to be the issue. Uh, I believe a lot of people don't see it as a danger, uh, even more so than something like global, global warming. I mean, this is cheap energy. This is why gas prices are so low. Let's go ahead and frack the hell out of things. Yeah, I don't know about this either. This seems like a cheap trick that's going on here. Like, this should not be the case in point against fracking, because there, there's a lot of evidence on it. And I've heard, you know, here's the problem, too. The people who come out and defend it, there was a guy, um, he was either at Texas A&M or University of Texas, and he uh, was one of the people talking about how safe fracking was environmentally and the populations, and it wasn't carcinogenic and all this stuff. And he um, ended up being working as a lobbyist for a bunch of uh, fracking companies. So then all of a sudden, he ended up having to, to leave the universities as a result, too. So like, I don't think this is like a good case in point. You know what I mean? Like, it might be healthy to eat a cockroach, but if someone sticks one in front of you. And then also, like, what if the guy was just drinking the water and he just had a bad gag reflex? And he started choking, then that would be on YouTube and go viral. Fracking industry would be screwed. Well, here's here's the thing. If it's if there's nothing wrong with the chemicals they use in fracking, just um, release it to an independent um, um, independent science group that will have to keep, you know, the findings, the uh, the chemicals secret, but they will be able to release the findings about the chemical the chem chemicals the chemicals, you know, basically like okay, yeah, there's a bunch of carcinogens in here. We're not going to tell you what they are, or there's not any carcinogens in here, and we're not. We're still not going to tell you the chemicals. It would be, but they won't. They don't want to do that because some of the shit they found in the water through independent testing, you know, has found carcinogens. I think this is the part where well, Pat Robertson comes all... in and tells you that the fracking water will turn you gay. <laughs> well, they well they like to say, well, how do you know that 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 wasn't in the water to begin with? And it's like, well, we we did test, you know, they test water. Wait, 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 wait. They are, they are, con are you saying water. that water should be clean, as oh, clean as possible? Sense. Yes, that's that's brilliant. Okay, uh, what other stories you got for us, Jeff? Uh, um, well, uh, you may have heard of a little guy named. Ted oh, Cruz. Ted Cruz. You know, you know how much he hates Obamacare? He hates it so much that he's signing up for it. That's pretty much what he that's pretty much what he's uh built his political career on is hating Obama. So this clip will kind of throw you for a loop. You and your family have been getting your health insurance through your wife's job. Mm -hmm. uh, her company mm -hmm. has been Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. She has now left right. that to, right. to help you with your campaign. So where are you getting your health insurance now? So she's taking an unpaid leave of absence from her job. And, and so we're transitioning. We'll be getting new health insurance and, and we'll presumably do it through my job in the Senate. And so we'll be on the federal exchange like millions of others uh, on the federal exchange. So you will be getting Obamacare effectively. Uh, it, it is one of the good things about Obamacare is, is that the statute provided that members of Congress would be on the exchanges without subsidies, just like millions of Americans. So there wouldn't be a double standard. But Senator, 
for right now, the irony is just kind of unbelievable that you have made your name fighting against Obamacare and you now are going to sign up to get your insurance through that very process, Obamacare. Listen, it was the case before Obamacare that federal employees could get health insurance through their jobs. That's, that's not a new development. So yes, I'll get my insurance through my job like, like millions of other Americans. That, that's not will a shocking... You take, will you take a subsidy from your job, which is the federal government? I, we will follow the text of the law. I strongly oppose the exemption that President Obama illegally put in place for members of Congress because Harry Reid and the Senate Democrats didn't want to be under the same rules as the American people. That means you are going to take a government subsidy? I believe we should follow the text of the law. The law that you want to repeal? Yes, no, I, I believe we should follow the text of every law, even laws I disagree All right, with. so Mr. Ted Cruz, who apparently is not hurting for money at all, uh, is going on Obamacare. Uh, wait, wait, did you see the news today about uh, Ted Cruz is now turning record number of people to atheism? This was in the New Yorker, so this does not come, really? come from some fly-by-night news outfit. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see this. Don't tell me I'm going to have to start liking Ted Say Cruz. Say what? Don't tell me I'm going to have to start uh, liking Ted Cruz. I wouldn't go that far. No, the uh, the article goes on to say that because he mentions Jesus and God and invokes his Christianity so much in his speeches, especially now that he's on the campaign trail, that people are so turned off, they're like, I need to call an atheist group to find out about this. Because this, if this guy speaks for God, he is full of shit. And... uh by proxy, he's making even the he's making he, he's making even the Bible thumpers like go get a room, uh, something like that. So anyway, so uh, t- yeah, Ted Cruz and his <laughs> Obamacare is this reminds me of that uh, Ayn Rand story. Yeah, Ayn Rand, she signed up for Social Security in her older years. And do you guys know the premise behind that? As far as like her actually drawing her and money, Medi- yeah, like what her explanation Medi- was because it seems like total hypocrisy and Medicaid. Yeah, and Medicaid. And Medicaid. Uh, the idea was that she and she had paid into it, she earned it, and she also wanted to like say a fuck you to the system. Yeah, I heard a thing from one of her adherents and followers, and apparently it wasn't just that. It was supposed to be like the idea of starve the beast. Like even if she hadn't paid into it, she needed to do it because as being a participant, she's being detrimental to the system for others and helping to destroy it. So she was taking the money so nobody else could have any money. That was supposed to be the claim. That's really worked so well. Well, and part of her mm-hmm. philosophy, and part of her philosophy was to do what's ever best for you, no matter what. Utilitarianism. So, yeah. But is that the microscopic yeah. or macroscopic level? You know, like what's best for you, hypothetically. Yeah, you know what? It, it's Ayn Rand. It doesn't make any sense. I was going to say, you know, it should be best for the world as well. You know what I'd like to see? Well, I'd like you, to see Ayn Rand and Ted Cruz in a cage match. <laughs> I saw an interview where she was talking about either some rapist or some murderer that she said she admired him because he didn't he didn't let society tell him what he should. Yeah, I'm not going to judge her for that. That's I, very Nietzschean. Like, I mean, like, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, that's of course that's that's a little ridiculous within the context that it's presented. Yeah, I I don't know. That sounds out of context. Yeah. I feel like we could be doing the same thing. We could be sitting around here talking about how great somebody is. Uh. Right. No, I would never say 
that about a rapist or a murderer that, well, at least they did what they loved. That, that does I would seem never say that. No, 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 no. I mean, but you would say there is nothing redeeming whatsoever, even in the abstract, about that person. No, I, I could see that, that happening, and then it gets taken out of context or something. Anyway, all right, yeah, so I, back back to know, Ted. Yeah, it's like, back to Ted Cruz, man. Yeah. But it's, you know, like Manson and Anarchy and stuff, you know, like they would break into people's houses and rearrange all the furniture. And, um, like that was pretty fucking cool. Like you, you had this like weird mental anarchism thing going on just to freak people out and shake them up. I mean, that's genius. Then, you know, there's all the killings and stuff too, which you abhor. Well, it just goes to show you that almost any philosophy can be taken right. too far. Yeah. I mean, like, you, Think about all the statues of presidents in this country and who we memorialize. You know, who, which president isn't responsible for killing people? Ooh. You know, Jimmy. That's, that's the talk now is taking off uh, Andrew jo Jackson, Jim Jackson from the, the 20. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have Jimmy Carter, and that's it. Everybody else has killed people. <laughs> Wait a second, Jimmy Carter. You've got skeletons too, sir. Yeah, all he killed was that swamp rabbit thing. That's it. It was something like 12 or 17 years of total peace, if you added it all up since mm -hmm. the founding well, of Well, that's the history of Rome in a nutshell as well. Yeah. Uh, and that was 1,200 years. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's Ted Cruz thing. I saw there was an article about him. Um, so one thing about how poorly dressed he is, which is really bizarre because I didn't realize until the thing about the Obamacare broke, his wife worked for Goldman Sachs. Like, why can't he afford to press his shirts have you seen his collars they look like my collars they, they're like just, just overcooked bacon and he doesn't have fitted shirts or suits or anything like which is all fine and good but like my wife doesn't work for goldman sachs and i'm not running for president also yeah but i mean he's like an every man that wears a suit so you can't wear a fitted suit and you can't get your shirt pressed uh, it's just kind of bizarre there was another thing too about um you know, he's supposed to be an everyman, and he's supposed to be completely antithetical to elitism and all this stuff. But um, when he was an undergrad, I think he went to Princeton. He went to, to an Ivy League school. I know that for sure. I think he went to Princeton, and then I think he went to Harvard Law to get his law degree. Right. He's Ivy League. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's just like, you know, every other, you know, um, beer chugging, uh, uh, pickup truck driving redneck. <laughs> he went to, went to Harvard Law School. But when he was at Harvard, he refused to study with anyone who had not gone to Princeton, Harvard, or Yale for their undergraduate degrees. So people that went to Brown or Columbia were not allowed in his study group. And you guys remember, where did he announce for president? It was Liberty University. It's, oh, my God. He's an everyman that thinks an everyman makes at least six figures. Yeah. See, I'm not sure. I'm a, I think that was more Mitt Romney. I, I'm not sure. We met Romney. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure what, what game he's playing. Uh, you know, I think it's really funny because um, I was talking to a kid and he was talking about a particular university and he was talking about like the kind of kid that goes to that university. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like you're saying that they're they're generally very wealthy and, and white. And he was kind of outlining the demographics of it. And I was like, so what? And he was like, yeah, and it's weird because everyone there, they're all upper middle class, but they all dress like they're rednecks. Like, camouflage is their favorite color. Weird. But these are kids, you know, all Weird. their parents are doctors and stuff. And it's sort of, you know, like, this is kind of like what we're reaping from uh, kind of the conservative movement betting itself with uh, Christian fundamentalists and, and you know, rural people. Um, yeah, but oh, when he went... Rural people. He went to... to well, I was going to say rednecks. 
But he went to um, Liberty University. Liberty University is <laughs> regionally ranked 80th in its area. It's in Texas. No, Liberty's and, in Virginia. Or, oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was in Texas Arena. No, no, no. It's in, it's in Virginia. It's okay. Jerry Falwell's school. Yeah. and uh, But anyway, it's supposed to be ranked 80th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it comes from. And he wouldn't sit down and crack a book with people that didn't go to one of the top three universities in the country when he was in law school. Well. So he's just your basic uh, snob. This goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, that you can't buy class. Although he wants us to uh, remain in the middle class or lower class. You guys want to talk about Rolling Stone? <laughs> For shits and giggles, let's what? talk about Rolling Stone. What's the deal with Rolling Stone? Yeah, you didn't hear about this? The Columbia Journalism School came out. I think they released a report Sunday that uh, Rolling Stone had failed at every level to check out the journalistic veracity of the uh, Virginia rape case. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, but I mean, like, it just broke this week that it's supposed to be no, a systemic that. problem at Rolling Stone. I just think it's a damn shame because Rolling Stone seems to be the last bastion of good journalism, as far as I can see. They had Michael Hastings, who was the really the only person who covered the Bo Bergdahl story. Like, the, the military swept that under the rug, and he came out and was like, no, this guy is a deserter in, like, 2010. And then he had the Stanley McChrystal story and all the back talk on Obama. Well, I mean, like, he, he ended the career of a four-star general with an article. Petraeus. Uh, no, yeah. Petraeus was the spy yeah. gate. He was the one with the um, the affair. Who did the, but who broke the Who broke that one? Michael Hastings. It was the same guy. Okay, okay. And then remember Michael Hastings, he died with some bizarre thing. He was on a California highway and his brakes failed, and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theory, yeah. But I mean, like, if you think oh, about, like, yeah. what he has done Lots. to the government in terms of kind of shaking things up, I don't, what is the equivalent for another modern journalist? Like Woodward and Bernstein? Or is that not modern enough? Yeah, well, that, but that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if Woodward were going out and actively investigating things and it wasn't just, like, handed to him, I, I mean, like, would the government feel it worthwhile to kill him. I'm getting into conspiracy theories and stuff, too. I don't care. But, like, the fact that he was such a good reporter has harbored all of these conspiracy theories because he died under unusual circumstances. Concerns, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, they have uh, excellent reporting. They're reporting on um, kill teams in Iraq after the initial invasion. They're apparently um, platoons of Marines who were, you know, kind of upset that they weren't getting enough kills. And they went out and, I mean, they had extensive reporting on this. Nobody ever called it into question. But they're going out and killing civilians, um, you know, in, in order to, to sate themselves, apparently. And nobody was reporting on this. What did they get they got paid swept by under the kill? The What's that? What did they get paid? What did they get paid by the kill now? N yeah, no, it, it was just they were doing it for the sake of. Uh, Rolling Stone reported it. Nobody else. Um, they had that's outstanding articles on Rolling Stone. That's, that's well, that's the thing. Is Rolling Stone completely dis discredited now? Well, that's what I'm afraid of. Because what, what other good journalistic source do we have left? John Oliver. I was going to say John Oliver. He has a wide reach and he frames things very well. The Young Turks. I, I, like Rolling Stone had an article after the 2008 crash about like here are the actual logistics of how um, exotic. Uh, um, financial, um, what do they call them? Exotic financial tools operate, and this is why nobody's going to get prosecuted in the financial sector and so uh, forth. You know, like John Oliver can come on and he can shift the discussion. Like this week, everybody's got to talk about Snowden and dick pics. That's fine. Like that's great. I'm I'm glad that there's somebody for that. But like at the end of the day, he's still a comedian. You know, right? Nobody, nobody's going to be citing John Oliver or 
the onion or the you know when whatever else right i i don't think with his team of comedians that they're going to have groundbreaking investigative journalism they can they can shift the discussion and that's great but that seems to be the extent of it speaking of uh corporate criminals did you hear that Iceland sent a bunch of them to jail for like uh, is it uh, four speaking or five of years? Iceland have you seen this uh nipples out thing also originates in Iceland no. Uh, I mean, heads up to no. these guys, right? And tits up. I haven't seen this. What are you talking about? Uh, women are, uh, women of Iceland have basically started this campaign. At least I think it originated there that they're uh, showing bare breasts on social media. So if you go on, you can check out Twitters of just, Hey, here's a boob and everyday life. Uh, because they're trying to revolt against the hey, uh, sexist idea. No, no, they're revolting against the idea that everything about the woman's breast has been sexual, and the historical context is that uh, even men before like, the 1930s had to wear a shirt while bathing or swimming or whatever. Oh and yeah, they're like, hey man, let's let's free the boobs. Yeah, like there's old time boxer dudes who are in the big knickers, well, good, good and the for high converse. Yeah, right, right. Got the shirt on. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah that's dudes. what I was talking yeah. about. Uh, so anyway, Iceland, not only are they bearing breasts without any fear, they're also punishing the financial criminals respect. Mm-hmm. We should have a new segment where uh, we salute a country of the week because Iceland would win. Yeah. Iceland's pretty yeah, good gas. Idea. <laughs> it would mess up that episode and of, uh, walking what? dead where Maggie has what to take her shirt off and it's the end of the world. <laughs> you remember that? I hate that. Oh, so many punches. Well, that's because she was worried the dude was going to. Yeah, rape but her. I mean, that's the point. Like, you sh- like in real life, she would have gotten raped, and then you would have had to have deal- dealt with that. And instead, the show they pulled a punch. They didn't oh, do it. I understand you know what, what you're mean? saying. That's one of the things that upsets me. But anyway, all right. Well, it's weird. Some people can be horrible murderers, but be like, oh, rape. Unless you're Ayn Rand. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the all the all the Unless six people who finished <laughs> Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged are are getting very angry with us right that's now. That's 100 true. If you don't anyone to finish it. I read the first. I read the first hundred pages of Atlas Shrugged, and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> that was about where I got yeah. as well. I had no, I had no real interest once I saw some documents. Well, I have, a, I have a minor in philosophy, and that was one of the options we yeah. could read. And while I did not choose that for the, uh, my little independent project, I uh, gave up the so so-called pleasure reading of that novel because it was not pleasurable yeah but it's funny because it's like the propaganda of the ruling capitalistic class and as a result we end up with all these weird vestiges of it like we have uh universities will have an ayn rand institute of business philosophy and stuff you ever hear about this i forget the school it was at but a bunch of people would come in and they donated money that they would have a school named the ayn rand school of whatever of course yeah isn't it a pretty simple philosophy? Yeah. But I mean, like, she, I don't, my understanding is she wasn't really a philosopher. Like, she pretty much admitted, like, I was a victim of communist, big C communism as, in the form of propaganda when I was young in Russia. So, therefore, I'm going she to. Went the opposite way. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way. So, uh, uh, like, basically, I got the impression, like, she was saying, I don't actually believe what I'm saying. But if it stops one communist. Oh, I definitely got that impression. Yeah. But that's just us, I suppose. All right, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up. All right. It's been fun.